0: KMTT, Ki Mitziyom Torah Today is Tuesday, Yom Gimel Vav Misan, the 6th day of Nisan. And today's shiul, like all the shiul this week, which are being sponsored and is dedicated in the memory of Avraham Ben Yaakov Berman. Today's shiul will be a shiul halacha It will be given by Harav Mordechai Friedman And the topic is the Minhag. Of not eating kidney, not eating kidney on Pesach. The share will be 36 minutes long and will count as both the regular share of the KMTT podcast as well as the Havachayomit. Harav Friedman. Okay, today we're going
1: to be speaking about uh, the Minog of kidney on Pesach. And we'll get specifically to seeing whether it was a minog or a gezeh or exactly what the story is. The uh, Gemara in Pesachim, the and brings down a machoket between Rabbi Yochan ben Nuri and a chacham. Rabbi Yochan ben Nuri, rice, is considered one of uh, the species of grain that you could be Yosei <coughs> uh, matzah on Pesach and therefore also is machim, could become chameh. The Chachamim, um, from from the Mishnah, it's Mashmah, that only the five Minayi Dagon are considered uh, grain, and therefore only they could become Hamid, and only they could be used uh, for matzah. And that's how the Rambam, Paskins, and that's how the Halacha, all Rishon and Paskins, like the Chachamim, that um, only uh, the type of grains, the five types of grains, could become Hamid, and therefore could be used for matzah. Things like rice, although you could make into a flour, and you could make into some type of a bread, uh, the Gemara says it doesn't... In other words, it doesn't actually ferment in the same way that uh, a normal uh, flour would, would ferment. Sirachon is a type of, of spoilage. And so It's not considered something that really uh, ferments. From, from my understanding, the uh, chemical difference is that it has uh, wheat products, wheat and barley and and the things that become chummies, have a a certain level of gluten which is a type of a protein that's found um, in these grains that causes a type of a glue that catches the bubbles of the fermentation. Fermentation, as you know, is caused by yeast. The yeast starts to eat up the sugar or the carbohydrate that's in the dough and gives off CO2 and 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 alcohol and, and and water and the co2 is what gets trapped that gas gets trapped you know by by the dough and that makes the little tiny holes that you have in bread um things like rice do, does not have that level or any gluten or that level of gluten and generally it doesn't uh, doesn't work but it's halacha is not what's important in other words in halacha whether you understand the chemistry or not it's not what's relevant chazal observed um the process, and decided that this is considered semut, and when you're talking about rice, it's not considered chemut now um <coughs> there are other types of i guess you can call them grain or, or or beans that you could make a type of a dough out of or you could make a type of a flour out of, similar perhaps to uh, to that of rice, and the min started some time. Um, earlier than the 1100s, because it's recorded by early rishonim, um, but it popped up only in, in in the Ashkenazi areas of not eating what they called kitniot. Now, kitniot is not a, it's a word we find in in, in the Mishnah and, and later on recorded in the Gemara and the Rambam. Uh, in English, we usually translate it to to be legumes, Okay. And kitniot doesn't it's not really limited only to legumes because Technically speaking, rice is not really scientifically a legume. Ri- rice is more of, a, more of a type of a grain. And it's also halachically in the, in the category of kidney. And um, The Sefer Mitzvah as Hatsurimi Corbil, who lived around the 1200s, uh, quotes a minhag, maybe we have time later, we'll see it inside, um, that there was such a minhag of not eating rice, not eating beans. And he quoted his Rebbe, uh, Rabbi, Rabbi Mi Paris, who did eat beans. And he raised the question, in other words, does a person have to follow this minhag of kitnyot or not follow the minhag of kitnyot? And in his tshuva, so he goes into giving reasons for the minhag. And he gives four different reasons. The first is the fact that uh, just like uh, grain, uh, wheat or barley or such, could be made into a masa kadeira. A masa kadeira is like a, a porridge or a cholent. So too, beans are used to make something like a porridge or a choant, uh, rice as well. And therefore, if people see you eating, you know, pe- if people have the minute of eating porridge or cholent made out of these kidney oats, people might come to assume that you could also eat uh, the Chamnayshad Minim. And therefore, that's one reason to be eat kidney oats. The second reason he gives is um, that there are things that are stored up midgan, things that are stored as grain okay, um, they're dried and stored as grain could sometimes either be mistaken for real grain or perhaps because they use the same bins or the same sacks a certain amount of uh, wheat or barley might get mixed in and you might end up eating uh, the on Pesach. A third reason he gives is that there are countries that are successful in making some kind of a bread out of kit flour that's made out of kit And again, there was a chash that we might come to switch, lachlif, to switch one thing for the other thing and assume that it's uh, either that it's mutter or uh, or look at flour and assume that it was it was or pesach flour, and it wasn't really kosher flour, and therefore that's the reason for the minhag. Now, these three, the first three reasons I give the common denominator is the fact that there's a shash that there's going to be a mistake. Either a mistake that people will learn and, and assume that uh, halachically it's okay to eat grain, or the other way around, that you might switch it by, by mistake, and, and it will fall into your food or get into your food somehow. Um, those, that's the first three reasons. The fourth reason um, is a similar idea, but uh, the chashash is that since, since um, there are certain crops that wheat, sometimes grows uh, wild among these crops or it could be that the same field the farmer would have planted one year wheat and the next year beans okay so there's a shash that during the harvest a certain amount of wheat will get into to the harvest itself now despite the fact that his Rebbe um, the Rebbe of the Smok Rabbi Him and did eat beans he came to a conclusion that for these reasons if there is such a minog a person should be makayim the Minog and be makbed not to eat uh, kitniot. There were other, uh, other Rishonim that that were Ashkenazi Rishonim, even late Ashkenazi Rishonim, like the Orzeruah as an example, that felt the whole minog of, of kitniot was a minhag ta'ut, um, mistaken completely. There were even achronim later on, like the Chacham Tzvi, that felt very strongly that someone should come along with enough backbone and enough authority and completely eradicate uh, the minhag of kitniot. However, that, that wasn't the feeling of the mainstream of the Rishonim uh, around Arthur Ashkenaz, and definitely not of the later Achronim. The general rule was to be mechayim the uh, the minhag. Uh, the Shulchan Aruch, following uh, the halacha more of the uh, of the Rishonim that were the Sfardi uh, Rishonim, paskin that there is no issue or problem to eat kitniot, and therefore swarim adayem azeh generally. Um, will eat kitniot, while the ramah says, you know, Anu <laughs> b'nai Ashkenazim, nohagul we're knowing to to be machmir and not to eat kitniot. Okay, now before I go further in identifying which things would be considered kitniot and which things wouldn't, uh, let's first go into the parameters of the Hilchot of kitniot them- themselves. One might uh, first assume. That if the reason why they were gozar and Kipnir is because of its similarity to to, to wheat and, and barley and such, that all the halachot of wheat and barley would be the same. But um, the Rama, who uh, basically paskins, like I said like the smart, but also like the Tumah um comes to a different conclusion based on Tumah Hadashen Siman Kufiud Gimel, um, and this is what the Rama says. I quote: "V'aminag ba'ashkenaz la'achmir now, despite the fact that our mineral ashkenazim is to be machmir, however, we are not machmir, if it already fell into your pot. It's already cooking in the pot. Okay? That's one point. And you could also use oil that was derived from kidney goes on and says, Osrim im Mutal It's also mutter to keep kitniot in the house. Right? So um, from this Ramo, really from this Shumar Hadeshan, we see three halachot uh, one halacha is that there's no isr of Bal There's no Isr of owning La to own kitniot. You're allowed to own any amount of kitniot it's not a problem, as opposed to real chametz, where you're not allowed to own chametz at all. Secondly, as opposed to real chametz, where you're not allowed to get any Hana at all from real chametz. Okay, when it comes to kitniyot, there's no isra Hana. As the Talmud Rama points out, you could use oil from kitniyot to light your your candles on, on on Pesach, and it's not a problem of getting Hana. I remember when I was something like. Maybe 13 years old, maybe 12 years old. I was very, very much shocked by that because we, I used to relate to kidney like it was real chometz. And when it came for Pesach time and the flounder fishing season came around, one of the things that we would use as bait for flounder was corn from a from a can, you know, regular uh, kernel of corn to put on the hook. And my father says that he thinks it's basically mutter, but you know, uh, I remember calling up. Uh, uh, a in the area of a very big town He said, of course, it's 100% mutter to uh, use corn for, for bait. You know, you're allowed to feed it to, you, to your animals, etc., etc. you have got to get hung from it. there's no problem. Okay. Um, the third thing that we can read from the Ramah is a very, very interesting din, that by Chameitz, there's a that if a bit of Chameitz falls into your pot on Pesach, it's Osir Afilu Be'elef. we more Machmir in Chameitz um, than the than the than the, the full year. In other words, during the year, once you have a mixture where where something that is also falls in and into heter, and the stuff that's heter is sixty times more than the than the iser, so we say there's a concept of bitoborov, b'shishim. rather. Botobashishim. Uh, on Pesach, normally we say something's also the LF, meaning even a small crumb falls into your chicken soup, you can't eat the chicken soup. However, when it comes to kidney oats the Ramah says that in if it fell into to your your uh, food, it's mutter. And the way he says it is that it doesn't make a difference how much falls in. Says, because the Roshan of the Ramah is He doesn't start talking about what percentages if it's 1 to 60 or, or what have you. And from this, uh, the Chok Yaakov, and this is on the Mishnah Bura Paskins Halakha was Medayik, that as long as you have rove heter, rove chicken soup, and 49% of it, I don't know, corn flour, falls <coughs> into your into your chicken soup, then you're allowed to eat it. Obviously, if it's kernels of corn, you're supposed to take out the kernels of corn. You remove the kidney that you actually see, but, but the stuff that you can see, even if it's 49%, it's mutter to consume. And obviously that halacha does not apply not only to chametz but normal machalat asura doesn't apply. And this is another kula that you have by kidney So number one you have it in a bittel. Number two you have there's no isra hana and number three there's no isra by rabbi by, by, by Now an, a very very interesting thing comes out of this last halacha the fact that it's bittel. Normally we would say that that anytime you have time you have an isra the only time it comes botil is if it, the evidence fell in, right? And the reason for this is because there's a rule of ain mevatel im isr okay? You're not allowed to be mevatel, um in isr In other words, if you have, let's say, a certain amount of pig juice falls into your pot, and it's half pig juice and half chicken soup, and you really wanted some chicken soup. So you're not allowed to hal- halakha, take another, I don't know, 59 parts of chicken soup and pour it into the pot so that your result is that you have 60 times more chicken soup than your, than your pig juice. You're not allowed to do that. It's a Zerad Even though Mika didn't, you know, if, you, if it happened on its own, it would be batil. But Chazal didn't want people to start just being mevatil if you're not allowed to do it. However, one interesting question would be what is the status of Chameit or what is the status of kitniot? before Pesach. Before Pesach, you're allowed to eat Chomet, and surely you're allowed to eat kidneyot, and therefore doesn't have a din of isur. Is a person allowed to make a mixture of regular food and a certain amount of out, up to 49%, before Pesach, Lichat knowing what he's doing, and, and, and assuming, well, right now it's not isur. I could drink the whole soup now if I wanted to. On the assumption that if he leaves it for Pesach, Become in other words, it wasn't isur, so there's no problem of being Levatel Okay, So Rabbi Yitzchak, O'Chronon, in the Sefer, Ber really comes to that conclusion that you're allowed to do that. Um, I don't know of a Chronim that are on that point. Words, they, he held that it. there's not a problem of doing Levatel as it was done before Pesach. Now, another interesting question, before I get to a practical um, application, would be what if you go to a Svardi's house. And the Svardim, they, you know, they're eating out, And they already made their soup. And in their soup, they already put out into the soup. Okay, let's say they put a lot of rice into the soup and it's all boiled up so you can't even see the grains of rice. It's all mixed up there. But we know, she, the, the person who made the soup knows that there's 49% uh, rice in that soup. On Pesach, not before Pesach. Now, for Svardim, it's not osur; It's Mutter. And therefore, there's not a problem of Ein Vatlin So So it's, it's uh, almost like a Bidiyavad situation. It is a Bidiyavad situation. Okay. Can a therefore make it and then later on give it to an Ashkenazi after it's ready bottle? And again, according to what's Mashman the according to the Hulk the Yaakov and the Mishnah it would make sense to assume that such a situation would be completely Mutter. Now, um, one application would be. If you go to eat at Esfari's house, are you allowed to, as long as you don't notice anything that looks like kidney, are you allowed to just eat freely anything that they serve you? Because uh, you have this concept of ditto and it would seem that it would be okay. Now, up abchila, you would say, you know, maybe warn her, I'm Ashkenazi. Okay, if that's at all possible, if, if that's doable? Um, you know, if it's not doable, if it doesn't make any difference, she'll look at you and say, okay, so you're Ashkenazi, you like, so what? You know, so you won't marry my daughter, you know? <laughs> Um, I wouldn't want you to, um, but other than that, you know, uh, she won't understand what you're trying to say, and then she would get insulted or what have you. And and, and you you know you're already invited, and you're going there for Pesach Lachora. It should be okay to eat, and just don't eat the rice. You know, you push the rice to the side of the plate. Um, that would be one application. Another application that I thought of years ago, and I didn't know you know why no one ever mentioned it was the fact that in Israel we have so many products as opposed to chutzlats, right, America, whatever. There are so many products in Israel that are made with kidney and it says on the packaging, right, kidney." kit niyot. Pesach, le'pesach, le'ochlei And you look at it, and, you know, it's a chocolate bar, or it's whatever. You know, let's say we're talking about a food that is, you know, rove not kitniot. You're talking about something like bamba, which is rove uh, corn, which is kidney that would be a problem. But let's say you're talking about all kinds of other foods, most other foods, that is it's, it's Rove, not And it was manufactured, number one, it was manufactured before Pesach. So, one level, it's not, it, it was not considered Isra according to Rabbi Yitzhak right? Number two, it was made for Svaridim, L'Ochle, And therefore, again, it's not considered isur. So a person should be able to eat it. I never found anybody that said that until uh, Rabbi Yaakov Frank has uh, mentioned to me that he once heard from Rabbi Dov Lior that he owns Halach Lomites you're allowed to or, how nice you're allowed to. Things like, uh, I don't know, puddings that might, I think, most probably are less than 49%, uh, less than 50% kidney out. And such, so he feels that Ashkenazim that could eat them freely and he do not have to worry about them. Um, I mentioned this to, to Rabbi Lichtenstein. He also, Reb, 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 Frank has also mentioned Rabbi Lichtenstein, and he said, you know, logically it makes a lot of sense. He doesn't know anybody who's knowing like that. And we're going to soon find that there are a lot of things with, with, in, in these halachot of Kipniot, maybe even Bechol and Hilchot Pesach, that make a logical sense that the minach should be to be mekil, and yet it just didn't happen. There's some kind of a special skula that kashrut has in general, but more specifically the Pesach has, that somehow Klay Yisrael, in this area, they're machmir, Like, Hilchot Lashon Hora, Klay Yisrael mekil. Right? But yeah. Hilchus Kashrus, this I once heard, so this is really a paraphrase from my when it comes to Hilchus Kashrus, Israel is, is, is Machmir, and when it comes to Pesach, we're super-duper Machmir. Um, but in any case, I don't know of anybody who's knowing like, other than Rav or and he tells his Talmidim, I imagine Talmidim, as good Talmidim should, should follow uh, his Pesach. Now, um, but again, what I said about being invited to someone who, who a Sephardi, who's not, you know, not Machbar on um, the first thing is best, you know if they won't use kidney, but if they're ready to use kidney out, uh, as long as you can recognize the kidney out and and you know for a fact that it's less than forty nine fifty percent, then you should be able to eat it. Um, another example, another halacha that comes out of this concept of din uh, bital is tambalua balua In other words, if you have a cleve that's balua, um, a cleve that absorbed kidney out there is one day uh, that says, Sheikh says that you should have separate kalim if you have to cook for a chola or for a katan. But minastam is tam, and tam is, is, is a minuscule amount, uh, uh, um, and, and normally it's pato. Okay, now we come to another section um, that, that is what exactly is defined as kitniot. And I said kitniot, if we, if we translate the term kitniot, it's legumes, but in the minog of kitniot for Pesach, it's not limited to, to legumes or legumes however you want to pronounce it, right? Because we know that rice is also included, and a couple of other things. The smak, I mentioned, the smak, Sefer Mitzvah Katan Rimi um, Korbil, is one of the main sources that we have for this minhag. And um, if you medai carefully in the smock, you will see that as he presents it, he says, there's a fact that there's some that are no egg. My Rebbe, Rabbi Echium, uh, to eight beans, but... But there exists you know, a prevalent minog to be no, like not to eat kidney. And then he gives uh, four different reasons as to why this minog came about. And he says, because of this minog, the best thing is to be machmir, and that's what a person should do, to be machmir on, on, on kidney. Now, the formula that I'm a dike from the, from the smak is that you have to have those two conditions. Number one, a prevalent minog of not eating a particular type of bean or what have you. And secondly, that it conforms to one of the four reasons that he gives. What if you have a legume, or legume, right, that doesn't necessarily, doesn't have a minhag, a clear minhag, and doesn't necessarily conform to one of the four reasons that he gives. And the prime example would be peanuts. Say okay, peanuts. Um, a peanut technically is probably classified as uh, as a legume. And there's no real minog for, I mean, I, as far as I know. There's no real minog The a person says, oh, we don't eat peanuts. Um, there might be some people that have such a minog, but generally, generally it's not that clear. Rav Sipesach Frank, I once mentioned to you in, in, in connection to other things, he was a Rav Shi of Yerushalayim years ago. Uh, he was also a Rav of Rav Amitaus. He passed in the sefer of Kodesh that he feels meek or din, that peanuts should be mutter. Okay? Why? And it goes down each one of the reasons that uh, Samat brings, and peanuts just don't fall into that reason. People don't really make it into a flour that could be mixed, and people don't make churlind out of peanuts, at least last I checked. People don't make churlind out of peanuts. And generally speaking, peanuts don't easily, in other words, wheat kernels don't easily get mixed into peanuts, because when peanuts are are stored, they're they're quite often stored in their shell, and even, you know, or if later they're shelled, then, then they, they have to be separated from their shell, and, and there's not a really a shash of wheat being mixed in. And therefore, he felt to conclu- the conclusion that peanuts should be fine. Now, um, Rav Moshe, he, but he writes at the end of his shuva, he says, <laughs> For some reason, we're not Nohai know- hey, people. I don't know of anybody who eats peanuts. There an in other words,
0: huh?
1: There an yeah, in other words, but it was more like that he observed that no one eats it. It's not like some kind of somebody had a you know Kabbalah from their mother or the mother's mother, or the father's mother, etc. That we didn't eat peanuts. Rav Moshe Feinstein goes in a, a similar direction, and he Rav Moshe is, it goes even a step further. He makes he gives a klal. He says that the reasons that the smok gives are not rules to go ahead and include things into the family of the Gezerah or the Minhag of of kitniot, The only thing that are Oser from kitniot. are the things that are mentioned in the Achronim. That's what Moshe Fahin himself says. If they're mentioned in the Achronim, then they're Oser. If, a, if you have a clear minah that it's then it's Oser. If you don't have any such minah, then it's not Oser. Okay? It's one step further, but I think it's based on the Diuk and the Smak. The, sm- the Smak doesn't say anything that falls into one of these four categories becomes Oser, he says, I observe, I know that the minog is not to eat these things. And then he explains why there is such a minog. And he says, since there is such a minog, it should be upheld for, that, for these reasons. So it's not that anything that falls into the four, the four reasons becomes right away also. And therefore, Moshe Feinstein says that if you have some kind of a minog of, of not eating peanuts, that peanuts are also mishum, kitniot, then don't eat them. But if you don't have such a minog, it should be completely mutter. That's what Ramosha says. Now I remember learning this truth some 15 years ago, and I decided I don't have any clear minog about peanuts, and somebody has to put their foot down to stop the spread of this kidney of uh, you know panic, and I should leave a mesorah for my kids that we ate peanuts. So I went to the store and bought a nice a peanuts, with a, a bag of peanuts with a good suari Hashkacha on it, you know a chredi suari Hashkacha for Pesach. I brought it home and. A Yontif afternoon, I was uh, learning, I decided it's time to take out my peanuts. I took out my bag of peanuts, held it in my hand, and I just couldn't bring my hand to to eat the peanuts. Um, and I chickened out sin. And I came out, came to this realization that, you know, even a person as determined as myself to be mocked on the letter of the law, not not go beyond that, um, following Rav Moshe Feinstein, following Rav Tzvi Frank, you know, even a person like myself, psychologically, there's something I don't know what it is. There's something ingrained in me, conditioned into my Jewish psyche of being machmi, being su- super careful, super duper careful on Pesach. And that's really, I think, the answer why so many things w- 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 were added onto this kidney list with time beyond just what was recorded by the Achranim. Even though Rav Moshe gives such an iron iron-clad, uh, ironclad rule. Anyway, that's the direction, we'll call it the direction of the smock. The Chai Adam, okay, who was an Achor, not, you know, lived many, many years after the smock, um came to the conclusion <coughs> that potatoes should be kitnelled, since they could be made and are often made into potato flour. Um, and he came to that conclusion, and that would seem... To, to be that he doesn't. In other words, he, either he learned to smak differently, and he felt that anything that falls under one of the four reasons for kitniot automatically gets categorized into kitniot, even though it wasn't around, or wasn't common in the times of uh, the smak or before the smak when this minute started. Okay, and that's the derech of the chayadam. Quite a, many achronim came out against the chayadam, especially in Europe at that time, where potatoes According to them, they, they used a pun. They said potatoes were the chaye adam of the time. was the main staple of the time. And, and how could you possibly make it, Osir? Um, another interesting question would be uh, soybeans. As far as I know, and, uh, soybeans were not prevalent in Europe. And again, soybeans would not have been on the SMACS list. And as, uh, he didn't mention it. And uh, following Moshe Feinstein's rule, um, soybeans should be completely okay. And yet, the prevalent minog of anybody who's mocked it on, uh, on, on kidney meal is not to consume soybeans. beans. When, when and where did that happen? And the answer is, again, probably like my personal peanut story, that it looked, it, it's called bean. It looks like a bean. It's a legume, right? So you're not going to consume it. And, 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 and basically, that's how, you know, the minog uh, developed unless mass unless it was Talmidim that followed the direction of the Chayadam War, that it long, as long as it fell into the, one of the categories that was mentioned by the smart, then you have to be machmir for, for kidney. Yes? So we
0: want to go get I don't know
1: 100%, I can't tell you for sure. Um, let me quickly just get to um, to to another point. What about seeds? Seeds, okay? Now, normally we might want to uh, claim that seeds shouldn't be kittanyol because they're not beans. But the truth is that the Chumas Sadeshan quotes, uh, talks about another type of a, a, a seed, uh, Shumshamin Shumshamin is sesame seeds. And he classifies that as a type of uh, oil that, that would be from kittanyol. And further, he also speaks about a kanvus, zera kanvus. There are cannabis kind of you might think is talking about canvas, meaning cotton, and cottonseed oil, it's not. It does, it's not cottonseed oil. Um, canvas is actually hemp, or cannabis, okay, in Latin. That's Canvas. And he also included that. Now, another, another curious thing about that is the fact that, that it's not edible. In other words, here's something that the Chumar included in Yishukit Myot. It's not really edible, the oil you know, that that type of seed. And yet he was choshesh with kidneyot because of its similarity to perhaps to other kitniotes. Um another interesting thing was Khardal. Khardal is a mustard seed, which really is not is not a legume. And it's listed also by by the Truma Sadeshan um to be kitniotes and the Taj doesn't understand it. He says, We eat all kinds of seeds but the, the Taz is made that they ate seeds and yet Khardala didn't eat and he says it must be because it grows in pods and looks similar to kidney yield, but it's a very curious minhag, and Ashkenazim also generally, not all Ashkenazim, but generally um, don't eat uh, mustard for that reason. Okay. Um, there are a lot of more um, modern oils and issues that come up that are, are important, and one of them is, is rapeseed or canola oil. Rapeseed technically happens to be from the from the mustard family, but I don't think that has any bearing in halakha. It's not an edible seed, and it's not an edible oil. And I don't know, what is it, 50 years ago, probably 100 years ago, they figured out how to take out the acid that made it inedible, and that's why people now consume canola oil. Um, it's considered very healthy. Another, that's another question, is canola oil a problem? Cotton seed oil. In America, cotton seed oil is very much accepted, um, and I use cotton seed oil there are many people in Israel that don't use cottonseed oil. Falling under this question of you know anything that's a seed, are you going to exclude from uh, from heter on on, on pesach? In any case, another thing that comes out of canola oil is is uh, lecithin. Lecithin is a type of emulsifier. An emulsifier is something that breaks up oil in, to such an extent the surface tension of oil to such an extent that it could be mixed with water. Okay. And it's used in chocolate so that uh, chocolates that are made in America nowadays are basically for Pesach. They leave out lecithin. They're able to make chocolate without it. In Israel, sometimes they leave it out. Sometimes they put in uh, what they call liftit. Liftit is this rapeseed uh, lecithin. And it's also generally part of that question whether rapeseed is, is categorized as kitniot or not. Okay, I think generally people that would eat cottonseed oil, should be able to also use liftit without a problem. The Haredi Hashkachot generally will, will not give Hashkachon liftit. <coughs> uh, Rav Landa in B'nai Barak gives Hashkachon cotton seed oil. Rav Moshe Feinstein in America, as I said, all the posts in America um, allowed cottonseed oil. Um, another interesting question is, do we have to be more magnified for kidney oil then we are machmir for grain from, let's say, wheat itself. Wheat, the halacha, is the Glamarim Sakem, Imam of says that if you bake wheat, bake a kernel of wheat, it can't become chamez. And that was through observation. If you baked it and then later made it into flour, the flour would not rise. And most probably because the, the, the gluten was cooked to the point where it can't become, molecularly can't become like glue when, when it gets dissolved in water, and therefore, it doesn't rise, it doesn't work. Therefore, uh, the fact is, uh, halacha is, if you bake it, it can't become chamez. <coughs> I don't know of anybody who eats, you know, baked or roasted wheat on, on on Pesach, but another question is, if you're walking in the field, in and, and Pesach time, you could find in the fields wheat growing, you know, uh, even green still, are you allowed to just pluck off a piece of wheat and eat it, especially if it's green? Now, halachically, there should be no issu whatsoever, because while it's green and growing, you can't become chametz. So well, you should be able to eat the wheat. What is the minhag, though? You know, din for sure you could eat such, such a piece of wheat, but what's the minhag? The minhag generally is that we don't we don't eat it, but, again, the like Gemara mentioned, if you roasted it, you could eat it. Another thing is, if you took it and put it directly into boiling water, so it doesn't have a time to become chametz at all, before it gets cooked, that's called chalata. Mi'ikor Din would also be okay, but the Shulchanach says we're not experts when it comes to halatah, so therefore we don't do it. But what about kitniot? In other words, what if you did halatah on kitniot? Or what if you roasted kitniot? So, roasting the Chorah, I don't know of anybody who holds that you have to be machmer, and we get back to my peanut story, that if you have a peanut that wasn't exposed to water, and you roasted it, where it can even if it was actual weed, it couldn't have become chamek. So you should be able to eat it. And again, a person should be able to eat it. However, when it comes to boiling the smock, Paskins, that we, that we're machmir on halata of uh, of beans, the way we, we I guess, we machmir also on halata, on boiling of uh, of wheat. Okay? Now, lastly, and this is also very, very important when it comes to the oil issue, there is a sheet, that, even though the Truman Adeshin said that oil is, considered kitniot, there is a sheet of Marcheshet that felt that oil is zehah ba'alma, meaning it's not an equal part of the kitniot, and therefore, when they made zehah against kitniot, they weren't talking about the oil. And he wanted to be meikil, and he called it may kitniot the liquid from kitniot. So that, if you're talking about, let's say, soybean oil, you could talk about a hetero that maybe soybeans are not kitniot at all, the soybean itself. Number two, maybe the soybeans are roasted Or don't come in contact with water at all when they, you know, when they get the oil out of it, and therefore, you you know, why be more machmir by kitniot than you would uh, than you would by by wheat? Number three, there's a possibility that it's may kitniot and may kitniot. Maybe there was no never ever gazelle. so it's a sulfate of a sulphate of a sulfate on a minhog Yisrael, and therefore there's a very good source to allow soybean oil. Rav Lichman, I remember years ago. Was makeal for chayalim in, in the army? Okay, in, in, in the army they do not supply any type of oil besides, as far as I know, last time I was there, any type of oil besides soybean oil. And he held that that chayalim there in the army are allowed to uh, eat, eat food that was cooked with soybean oil. Okay, the truth is, there you could even add a third, a fourth hetzer, which is then a bital barof. Right? You definitely have bital barof. If we get to cottonseed oil, we could see that it's even further because, add to that the fact that it's not edible. Okay? So there's also another, even more of a sort to say that there shouldn't be a problem. There's four separate reasons to be more make a by by those, those things. Questions? None? I have a hard kosher for sameach. And realize there's not a sphere between kosher and sameach.
0: You have been listening to Rav Molochai Friedman on the Isur of Ketniot on Pesach. We'll be back tomorrow with the Shur of Harav Savori, the weekly Mitzvah for Pashat Tzav. Until then, Kol tuv, and BeKata Torah MiTzion. this has been KMTT. Ki Mitziyon Torah, Udvar Hashem M'Yerushalayim.